0: Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. Stand up for your country. There's a lot of deception in the air. You are being deceived. And we're going to tell you about that tonight. Um, Very interesting, I think. I think you'll find it interesting anyway. So um, Joe Biden has uh, a busy schedule today, but it's not about him doing anything in the White House. He's on his way to Europe. So at 8.30 a.m., uh, the president and the first lady departed for the U.K., um, and he is going to do a number of things. An so eight-day trip a long time. Now, Jill is not staying for the entire time. She's coming back, all right? But I'll give, you, I'll, I'll give you a rundown. But the first thing that happened was there's a press plane. Now, I don't know why the press isn't riding on Air Force One. Plenty of room for all the press corps on that plane. But they're riding in their own plane. OK, so uh, right before takeoff, Shakitas invaded the plane, the press plane, got into the engine, got into the compartment, uh, and it was delayed six hours by the Chiquitas. Now, this is an act of God. God did this <laughs> because the White House press corps is so corrupt that guys, yeah, let's give him a little Chiquita. Now, shikita's are those bugs um, that are apparently all over the place because they've been underground for 30 years and now they're not. I don't follow this. If I see a shikita, I have Holly the terror dog take care of it, but I don't follow it. So anyway, so uh, the president is going to be in uh, England for a few days. He's going to be at Cornwall, beautiful place if you go over there on Carbis Bay. From uh, tomorrow till Saturday, June 11 to 13th. Um, and he will be at the G7, which is the economic summit of uh, all the big countries. Now, Putin, you remember, was thrown out. It used to be the G8. But Putin is so despicable, he's such an awful guy, that even Belgium said, you know, enough. So they booted Putin. So now it's a G7. And they're going to be over there talking about the economy, I guess, after COVID or whatever it may be. Um, Then, uh, on Thursday, tomorrow, I should say, Joe Biden was going to meet with Boris Johnson. Remember, Johnson was a big Trump fan. Johnson likes Trump. They got along real well. I think it had something to do with the hair, but I'm not sure. Um, So Biden's going to meet with him, and it's not going to mean anything. And then he's going to meet with the Queen. All right, so... The Queen and, uh, and President Biden are going to meet at Windsor Castle. Someday I'll tell you about my Windsor Castle story. It's very funny. When I was over there as a college student in London. Um, and then after uh, the meeting with the Queen, um, the President goes on to Brussels, Belgium, for meetings with NATO. Okay, So NATO didn't like Trump because Trump made NATO, the countries in the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, pay... What they promised to pay for the military stewardship. So Trump said, hey, you know, you're not paying. You got to pay. If you want protections, you got to pay your share. They didn't want to. But Biden's not going to make anybody pay anything. So they'll like Biden. All right. And then he goes to the EU Trade and Technology Summit, also in Brussels. Brussels is really not much of a town. Um, Good food. The Flemish know how to do that. But you know, a couple of days in Brussels, you're gonna be looking at your watch. Okay. Um, you can go up to Amsterdam and have a much better time. And I don't mean that in a any kind of way that you you shouldn't be doing stuff in Amsterdam. It's just nice a nicer city. Okay, and then he's gonna meet next Wednesday, a week from today, with old Vlad, Vladimir Putin, in Geneva, Switzerland. Beautiful town. Beautiful place. And what they're going to talk about, I don't know. But Biden says he wants to establish a more stable, predictable relationship with the fierce Vlad guy. Now, I'm not going to take cheap shots um, about this. But if Joe Biden thinks that Putin's going to be predictable, no. So that's his trip. And we wish him well, as all Americans should. He's a president. All right, he's over there. We hope good things happen from that meeting. Now, Kamala Harris, the vice president, is back after her trip to Guatemala City and to Mexico City. And it was a fiasco. So let's walk through this. Even CNN is reporting that this didn't really work out. So the quote from the reporter, Jeremy Diamond, using anonymous sources, so... Believe me, you don't know whether this is true or not. Uh, Diamond says, quote, there are now concerns that some of the progress in Central America may have been overshadowed by the vice president's answers to some questions that her team knew she would be facing. It's left some of the Biden administration perplexed and the vice president's team frustrated. Wow, that's CNN. Now, again, I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, she didn't look good over there. um, That's for sure. Um, Now, the thing that really torpedoed uh, the whole trip was Lester Holt, the NBC anchor, showing up in Guatemala City. Roll the tape. Do you have
1: any plans to visit the border?
0: At some point, you know, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. <laughs> I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. <laughs> so she just said four times she's been to the border. He says, You yeah, haven't been to the border. And then she says, I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> what? So in her campaign, I think she went down to the border. But now she's the border czarina. Biden, who totally botched this whole border thing dismantle a policy that was working, the Trump Remain in Mexico policy, dismantle it for no reason. So Biden says, well, you fix it and gives it to Harris, who he doesn't like, by the way. And Harris goes, I don't want to do this. So she doesn't even go down and talk to anybody down there. But she hasn't been to Europe either. Well, what does that have to do with the border? I haven't been to New Zealand <laughs> But if I were appointed to clean up the border mess, I think I'd go down. No. So predictably, this fiasco is getting hammered.
2: Roll it. It's not going to do a bit of good that money will end up in the hands of corrupt cartels. It'll end up in bad places. I can tell you where it won't go. It won't go towards humane policies that prevent people from leaving those countries and coming to the United States. The conditions down there are terrible, and a little bit of money from the United States isn't gonna solve it. The
0: GOP knows Harris remains a popular rival and may one day run for president herself. The vice president, for her part, viewed the trip as a success, and she did demonstrate an ability to go toe-to-toe with world leaders. But her inability to more quickly bat away, a criticism from GOP critics, clouded the focus of the trip. You are not CBDS all day long, GOP critics. How about American critics? How about Americans who say, if you're going to give Central America 861 million taxpayer dollars, you better get something for it. How about Americans? Oh, no, it's those mean Republicans. They're the ones that are really screwing everything up. Oh, yeah, that's Walter Cronkite's network. It's like fifth grade. Okay, so uh, Harris um, did do one thing there that got a lot of attention. She said to the poor migrants, the poor people living in Central America, don't come to the USA. All right. You heard that soundbite. Don't come here. Don't come here. Well, Ocasio-Cortez, who wants open borders and everybody flooding in, she wants to overwhelm the United States with foreign nationals for her own purposes, because she wants a socialist government, she says, quote, This is disappointing to see. This is about Kamala Harris. First, seeking asylum at any U.S. border is a 100% legal method of arrival. Second, the U.S. spent decades contributing to regime change and destabilization in Latin America. We can't help someone set, we can't help set someone's house on fire and then blame them for fleeing. Well, that's just dopey because Ocasio-Cortez doesn't know anything. She's right that in the early part of the 20th century, all the way up to JFK, maybe even beyond, the United Fruit Company exploited Central America. Before that, the European nations did. So it's always been exploited. But they've had plenty of time to get up and running To stop the corruption down there. And that's what kills the people. It's corrupt. So we're going to solve the root causes, says Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. The root causes. Here are the root cause. You want there's one root cause. The people don't like it there. That's it. That's the root cause. Okay? It's corrupt. The countries are corrupt. It's violent. Law enforcement is broken down. When it breaks down, hello, San Francisco. You have criminals that run wild. They extort the poor people in Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador. They kill you. They pollute entire neighborhoods with narcotics. No one stops them. you going to stop them, Joe. You can't even stop people from coming into El Paso you going to go down there and stop that corruption? What a bunch of hooey. OK, let's get on to rich people. Yeah, rich people in the USA. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, George Soros, Mike Bloomberg, all billionaires, as Bernie Sanders might say. He's a billionaires. OK, well, they don't pay much tax. They don't pay it. And somebody leaked their personal tax returns from the IRS to an outfit called ProPublica, yesterday. And ProPublica, which is an advocacy journalist group, published it. So number one, to leak personal tax returns is a felony, federal crime. To publish leaked stuff is a felony. So ProPublica, the administration, people who run it, should be arrested today, today, it committed a felony. Will it be arrested by the Biden Justice Department? No, it won't. Okay? Now, it's true that Musk, Bezos, Buffett, Soros, and Bloomberg don't pay much personal income tax because they funnel all the money into their corporations. So for example, a guy like Warren Buffett, one of the richest people in the world, he takes a salary of $100,000. So even though he's worth all this money, he pays personal tax on $100,000. That's it. Because everything else is involved with his corporation. He writes off everything. Now, is it legal to do that? Yes. Yes, it's legal. And people have been doing it for 80 years. Should it be legal? No. No. There should be a minimum tax based upon your corporation's value. So if Buffett is running Berkshire Hathaway, he should have to pay a minimum amount based on what he is accumulating in that corporation. Do you understand? Buffett pays himself in stock, but he doesn't sell the stock. He just accumulates it. And the others do it, too. And if they need pin money, if they need a plane, if they need a a dwelling, if they need to go somewhere, they write it off against the corporation. Now, the corporation pays tax, pays a corporate tax. But this is what this is. All right. It's not that these guys are miser. They're just doing what the tax code allows them to do. Trump does that, too. All right. You don't like it? Pass a new law based upon what the guy's compensation is other than cash. I'm for that. I run three corporations. I don't play this shell game, by the way, because mine are private corporations, not public. Okay, I pay what I have to pay, and it's a lot. So why does ProPublica do this? Well, they want because this is a left-wing organization, far left, and if you don't believe me, uh, the startup on ProPublica came from Soros Money and a bunch of other far left people. They gave ProPublica money to start up, and they came back and bit George Soros right in the butt because he didn't pay any taxes for three years, according to ProPublica, okay, who committed a felony by printing all this information. Anyway, what the far left wants is they want to tax what you have even if you don't sell it. So if you have a mansion worth $20 million, they want to tax that mansion based upon assessed value every year, not just property taxes that you pay locally. They want the Feds to come in. And if you have stock in a company, even though you don't sell it, they want to tax that unrealized gain. That's what the socialists want to do and the communists. That's unconstitutional. OK, because that's money that you've already paid tax on. Now, in the and that's the loophole. So Buffett and, and uh, Musk and Bezos, they say, not going to take a lot of cash. I'm going to take it in stock. You take it in stock, you should have to pay a percentage on it. But not after that. One time. All right. So everybody's being deceived. Pro publica. I, I, you can't be having the IRS leak stuff. So you put pro ProPublica, you charge him with a felony. You say, we'll, we'll send you to jail for 10 years, but if you tell us who leaked it, we'll give you five. And then we'll find out who did it in the IRS. That's how you do it. Will that happen? No. Boom. Because the federal government's corrupt. It is. Any questions on that? Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. It's very important. It's an important story so let me know race madness okay so uh we got into this a little bit i got into it heavy on the radio by the way all my radio commentary is available on billoreilly.com so uh new york times editorial board person and an nbc contributor said this go the reality is here that uh we have a large percentage of the american population i don't know how big it is but we have tens of millions of trump voters who uh, continue to believe
1: that their rights as citizens are under threat by simple virtue of having to share the democracy with others. Um, I think uh, as long
0: as they see Americanness as the same as one
1: with whiteness, this is going to continue. We have to figure out how to get every American a place at the table in this democracy, but how to
0: separate Americanness America
1: from
0: whiteness it's just gibberish what the deuce is whiteness what, what is that I have no idea what that is okay so this person she comes to Long Island this is what set her off where I am right now and she saw some people with American flags and Trump stickers and that offended her because she lives in a world in Manhattan where she and her friends go out for mojitos and sit there and tell each other how great the progressive movement is and how oppressive America is. Oh, but I'll have another $15 mojito, please. All right, and this is a nerve to tell us, me, about whiteness. What is whiteness? What is that? I'm Caucasian. So what? What does that have to do with Americanness? What is Americanness? We're supposed to be all... Together here, we're all American citizens, right? Is that Americanness? It's just so insipid. And all it's designed to do is to divide Americans on skin color, Ugh. whiteness. OK, talking about whiteness, how about Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago? She says she's not going to talk to any white reporters. So don't even call her. Well, one rep- reporter did. Thomas Catanacci, all right, a reporter at The Daily Caller, asked for an interview and was turned down. And now he sued. He's suing Mayor Lightfoot. All right. And a federal judge, John Lee, has now ordered Lightfoot to file a declaration under oath about whether the mayor's policy allowing interviews solely to journalists of color is still in effect. though a judge is ordering her to put in writing under oath what the deuce is going on. But to what end? I don't know. But I hope my next guest does. His name is Norm Pattis. He is an attorney from New Haven, Connecticut. He has filed and done a number of civil rights cases. So what? Is the end game of filing a lawsuit, Mr. Pattis, against Lori Lightfoot?
1: There are several potential remedies. Uh, first, obviously, is compensatory damages. Second, punitive damages. More significant, however, are um, in requests for injunctive relief that is. Um, an order from the judge to the, the city of Chicago and Mayor Lightfoot, you cannot impose restrictions on journalists based on race. You cannot refuse a person based on race. And fourth, a so-called declaratory judgment action action, um, um, ruling. Um, that declare that her policy was unconstitutional. Now, she's tap dancing at the speed of light right now, trying to make uh, this issue go away by saying, oh, no, that was just a one day restriction um, honoring my my second anniversary of my inauguration. Um, But my understanding is the journalist is still being refused an interview. So, you know, the the case is hugely significant for the principle that it stands for. And that principle is you cannot deny a person um, access to a public official simply on the basis of race. And it matters not whether it be for a week, a day, an hour or a moment. Um, The precedence is chilling and dangerous. So I expect the judge to land on Lori Lightfoot with both feet. So can the judge
0: fine Mayor Lightfoot in the city of Chicago for doing this?
1: Not a fine per se, no. That's a penal remedy. In the civil system, damages can be awarded. And those would um, become um, um, in the form of either compensatory damages, which, you know, I mean, the hurt feelings, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to be significant for a brief interruption in access. But punitive damages are potentially very significant.
0: Yeah. Uh, Counselor, we got to apologize to you. We're having a little bit of uh, technical difficulty. But I think I've got it that the judge does have uh, the discretion To award punitive damages, I guess the reporter would get it um, because he was uh, his rights to make a living were impugned upon by Lori Lightfoot's unconstitutional action. I think that's where we are. I'm sorry about that. Uh, You know, we're doing the Skype thing and all that. I don't understand anything about it, but sometimes we have technical problems. All right, let's get to the University of Illinois uh, at Chicago. All right, we'll stay in Chicago zone. So they had a law school there, and it was named the John Marshall Law School. John Marshall is the fourth Supreme Court justice of the United States. Very important man because it was his case, Marbury v. Madison, the president, Madison, that led to what they call judicial review, where the Supreme Court could declare laws made by states unconstitutional. And that's very important because you could have a rogue state uh, like California, say, we're going to seize everybody's private property. That could happen, but the Supreme Court would stop it, see? So Marshall, very significant legal man in this country, but he was a slave holder, OK? We don't know how many slaves, but he was born into Virginia gentry. And as an adult, he had slaves. He also did some good things uh, in that area. He represented uh, people of color and tried to get them emancipated on and on. So it's a checkered thing as with most of our um, founders and most of our historical giants, they had things that they didn't do. I like to think that if I were alive back then, I would have been like John Adams and his son, John Quincy Adams. I like to think that I would have said no to bondage for human beings. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether if I were raised from a little child in an atmosphere where slavery was the law of the land, I don't know whether I would have been like the Adamses who lived up in Massachusetts where there was no slavery, but I hope I would have been. But to just disrespect uh, John Marshall and uh, all of our other founding fathers is a disgrace. It's just a disgrace. You want to talk about Marshall? Okay, but he was a great man in the legal sense, and he, to this day, protects every single American. So the University of Illinois in Chicago a bunch of pinheads and this is going on all over the place that makes sense I hope it does so many of you know if you read my bio a bold, fresh piece of humanity that I had the nuns uh, for eight years and the nuns didn't really like Billy O'Reilly too much because I was a blabbermouth like I am now and um, they were trying to break my spirit they never did so this story caught my eye in Los Angeles a nun has been charged a sister a Catholic sister has been charged with embezzling eight hundred thirty-five thousand dollars, eight hundred thirty-five thousand, out of her school and church, St. James Catholic School, in the suburb of Torrance. All right. So why? Because she was a gambler. She she went to the casinos and lost. And she's seventy-nine years old, Mary Margaret Crooper, and she's charged. She could go to jail. Uh, for 40 years, which means that Mary Margaret is not going to make the 40, if you know what I'm talking about here. But she's charged with embezzling $835,000, 79 dollars and she's a, a gambling addict. Now, I guess I feel, should feel sorry for her, but come on. So what are they going to do with her? I'll follow it for you. Rasmussen poll, Rasmussen good, good poll. So it asks the question, do you believe Anthony Fauci has told the truth about COVID? Okay, and yes, 40 (laughs) percent, no, 46. So poor Anthony. Now he's got that label that is a deceiver on him. And it all by party lines. Republicans, 66 percent say Fauci is a deceiver. Only 23 percent of Democrats do. Democrats say that Fauci did tell the truth, 63%, Republicans, 22%. So COVID has been politicized. I still don't, you know, I don't really know why. I've been thinking about it. I'll I'll figure it out. Hunter Biden. All right. So apparently there is now another tape or something that shows text messages. Yeah, text messages that Biden uses the N-word with his... Lawyer or somebody, because he's trying to be a cool guy. And uh, my question is, why does anyone care? All right. Now, the press is never going to report on Hunter Biden's tragedy. He's a tragic figure. He is. I'm not excusing him, but he, he's you should feel sorry for Hunter Biden. Maybe you even pray for Hunter Biden because he is about as lost as a human being can be. And so this doesn't mean anything to me. Here's what means something to me. The press will never report on anything that makes the Biden family look bad ever. They're covering for Biden top to bottom. They're blacking out any negatives. That's important. Number two, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, and his two brothers, not Hunter's brothers, Joe's brothers, all got millions of dollars Because Joe Biden was a powerful senator and then vice president. That's political patronage. It's not against the law. But it happened. And it's unethical and it reflects poorly on President Biden. Again, the press, I don't want to hear it. And you know it and I know it. So here's a fascinating story. This day in history, June 9th, 1930, a man named Jake Lingall, Jake Lingo was murdered in Chicago, okay? He was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune, a crime reporter. Al Capone had Jake in his pocket, all right? Jake was filing stories that made Capone look good and made Capone's enemies in the mob look bad. Somebody shot Jake in the back of the head. Now, why should you care? Because this isn't uncommon. Roll the tape. Where does it say that you can't kill a cop?
1: Come on, Mikey. Tom, wait a minute. I'm
0: talking about a cop that's mixed up in drugs. I'm talking about a a dishonest cop, a crooked cop who got mixed up in the rackets and got what was coming. to him. That's a terrific story. And we have newspaper people on the payroll, don't we, Tom? They might like a story like that.
1: They might. They just might. It's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business. All
0: right. Now, I didn't get into this too much in Killing the Mob because it's very hard to track it. But organized crime has corrupted the press in many, many cities. Al Capone, as I said, is the template for organized crime today. Now... When I saw this in history 91 years ago, June 9th, 1930, that this guy at Lingal got his head blown off. And then magically, nobody really was arrested for that, okay, until some people came forward. But it was a very dicey thing in Chicago because Capone had compromised the press. Does that happen today? It certainly happens in Mexico. Does it happen in the USA? I can't say. Interesting, right? All right, we got a good mail segment. Then we have a uh, final thought that will help your life. I can guarantee it will help your life in a moment.
2: It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield free quote by visiting CarShield online at CarShield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to CarShield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today.
0: Uh, Let's go to the mail bag. Ronnie, President Biden and his crew of left-wingers will get the supply chain message when it hits the American food train. When American stables like Cheetos and Oscar Mayer Wieners start to disappear because of supply chain problems, the public will get very vocal. You know, you're onto something because not only are the gas prices flying, but the food prices are flying because the supply chain, as we reported on yesterday, has fallen because of COVID. So all the plants that process the food, that refine the gas, that uh, process, the lumber, that they all were down during COVID. And they can't ramp up fast enough to get the American people supplied. Now, Joe Biden has no blanking clue about this because he doesn't know what's going on. And I mean that literally. He just doesn't know what's happening. And the press, as I said, I are going to report any of this. But if you go to a restaurant and if you go to the gas station, you're paying a lot more now than you did a year ago, even during COVID, because stuff isn't getting there. And so if you need anything fixed, if you want to build something in your house, all of that. You, I mean, I had a grill, a new grill, and it was a part missing. It took me four months to get the part. I'm not whining. I will use the old grill. I'm not a whiner. I'm just telling you. So Ronnie is right. Once it starts now to percolate all around the country, and again, small business can't get people to work because they're on the dole, thanks to Joe. This is a perfect storm heading our way here. Fortunately, it's going to hurt us. But Biden? Oof. Doug, concierge member, Doug gets direct access to me. Bill, spot on. There is a shortage on everything, and service industries are behind until at least March. I can't even get a guy to estimate a patio for me until next month. Every restaurant I visit is apologizing for being short on staff. I can't get my house painted. I can't. I I need some painting. I can't get it. Incredible. William Shipman, North Olmsted, Ohio. I'm trying to understand why the Justice Department hasn't arrested and charged Black Lives Matter leadership. I looked up the laws concerning sedition it appears that they have violated those laws. Am I wrong? You are wrong, William. You are wrong. The Black Lives Matter Global Foundation, which has derived $100 million in corporate money, hasn't violated any law as far as I can see. All right? In fact, their lawyers are all over it. So they are communists, there's no doubt. But you can be a communist in the United States. That is not against the law. And they foment, I don't know, revolution. They certainly encourage antisocial behavior. But again, that might be aiding and abetting, but you'd, you'd have to get very specific on it. And you're not going to be able to. So there's no crime in play here with BLM yet. Pat Glover, Lyndhurst, New Jersey. Bill, please explain how it was possible Capitol Police had intelligence about the attack on the Capitol, but permits... Were given to hold large events with a sitting president um, because the coordination between the Capitol Police and the local DC police was non-existent didn't exist that's why Catherine Morgan Manassas Virginia you've stated that 43% of US citizens pay no income taxes Are there any demographics for these U.S. citizens? Yeah. In the census, it breaks it down. And the IRS issues a report every year and says this many people, working people, didn't have to pay federal income tax because their uh, take-home pay was below a certain rate. That's what it is. So about half the American taxpayers don't pay to the feds on income tax. They pay the state. They pay sales tax, they do property tax, but not fed. Lois, concierge member, thank you, Lois. Bill, whenever you discuss the virus and the vax, you don't mention those who have had COVID and survived. They have antibodies that probably protect them better than the vaccine does, and it could be harmful for them to be vaxxed. You've got to wait three months. So if you have COVID, you have the antibodies, as you rightly point out, Lois. And then you wait three months to get vaxxed because nobody knows how long the antibodies stay in your system to protect you. So you got to kind of transfer over to the vax if you want to be protected. Nathan, will you allow unvaxed people into the live President Trump events? I will. There's not going to be any litmus test to get in other than you having a valid ticket. So that's why I pushed the event to December. I want a clear playing field and as many Americans as possible to be in these arenas. And um, I'll just tell you we're going to have an announcement tomorrow on the fourth show. First one's Lauderdale on uh, September 11th, September, December 11th, Fort Lauderdale, the BB&T Arena. Then the next weekend, we're going to Houston on Saturday. And Dallas, on no, Houston on Friday. I'm really screwing this up. Houston on Friday and Dallas on Saturday. Toyota Center and the American Airlines Arena. Tickets go on sale on Monday. Ticket master. But if you're a premium and concierge member, tomorrow you can get the best tickets in the house. Tomorrow. And that's for you guys. All right. I'm sorry I screwed that up, but this is the way I am. <laughs> Laurel Cohen-Baird, Dover, Delaware, capital of the state. Hey, Bill, I just ordered your apron for myself. Women like me want it too. Show that apron. Get that apron up there. It's not just for dads. My husband will have to borrow it. Stand up for your country apron. And I appreciate that, Laurel. And you're, you're doing the grilling. But remember Father's Day on June 20th. And this is a great gift for dad. And then he has to cook you up a nice steak, which will cost you a lot more than it did under President Trump. (laughs) Did I tie all that in? Uh, June. Bill, Killing the Mob is the best book yet. Great read. Thank you, Killing the Mob, number one this coming Sunday on the New York Times list. Three weeks at number one. It is doing phenomenal. Tremendous Father's Day gift. Get all 10 for dad. This is what I tell everybody. Get all 10 killing books for Dad, for Father's Day. And then you won't hear from Dad for four months. I mean, you won't have to deal with Dad. Dad will be just reading. He won't be bothering you. Okay. Um, go to the BillOReilly.com store. We have excellent stuff for Father's Day. And uh, word of the day, do not be choleric. C-H-O-L-E-R-I-C. now not be choleric when writing to BillOReilly.com. Back with the final thought in a moment. Okay, as a final thought of the day. Summer is here, about 90 degrees in the northeast, all right? And um, it's going to go fast. You all know that. Everybody knows that. Okay, so we're a third of the way through June. And then you got July and August and then Labor Day and then it's back. Now, this is going to be a crazy summer, as I explained, because people are relieved to be out of the COVID shadow. So you are going to be out and about and run around. That means you got to plan. I tell you, I made a uh, dinner reservation for Father's Day today in a really good restaurant that we like. But I knew if I didn't make it now, almost 10 days, 11 days before Father's Day, I wasn't going to get in. All right? So that's what you got to think about. You know, where do you want to go? When do you want to go? And how are you going to get home? <laughs> right? So summer is an excellent time in America because there are many more options in summer than the other seasons. And you probably will take a vacation. I hope you do. I will. And you want it to be fun. You don't want to be like not being able to get reservations, not be able to go here not be able to go there. So you got to plan it. So you take a calendar, a physical calendar, not the dopey thing you got on your machine, a physical calendar. Okay. And you run it down. I'm going to the Mets game on Friday. Okay, now that's been in the work for, I don't know, a month? Because a friend of mine is a coach on the San Diego Padres. And the Groms pitching on Friday this is going to be great. I'm going to the Islanders game tonight. But I made those arrangements a while back because I knew it was going to be sold out at the Coliseum against the Bruins. It's going to be a great game. Now, I'm not telling you that I'm great or I'm extra smart, but I know... I know how America works. And to get the most out of your life, you have to plan. And that requires discipline and forethought. The urchins, they they just do day to day. Dad, can I go here? I said, what? What? You want to go what? Where? How come you didn't plan? No, no, everybody. you know—you got to plan it. You don't plan it, a lot of times you get in trouble, and a lot of times it doesn't happen. Final thought of the day. We'll see you tomorrow.